Well, hello everybody. Welcome to the Best Scott Beat. It is season three, episode ten. Delighted to welcome Mr. Liam Keane to proceedings. Liam, uh, it's a pleasure, mate. Uh, I haven't, haven't spoken to you for a while, um, and uh, it's been it's been a quiet two weeks really since the last <laughs> pod. Not, not not a lot's gone on. Uh, you know, we've still got the same manager, still got the same players, still got the same results. Okay, well, maybe the results are kind of similar. But uh, yeah, I mean, what what a crazy fortnight, mate. Where, where were you when it all all unfolded? Yes, it was. Uh, it's, it's, it's never dull, is it? <laughs> Covering Walsall. <laughs> well, sometimes, um, I, I mean, sometimes some supporters could probably say, well, well you know, yeah. it has <laughs> been dull at times. So, but yeah, I mean, I mean, wow. I don't think... I don't think many people, if anyone, saw this coming, did they? No, definitely not. Um, where was I? It's like the moon landing. Where were you? When? Where were you when? <laughs> um, I was out running at the time. Oh. Um, got a buzz on my phone. Uh, had a couple of buzzes on my phone. Um, and very quickly realised I needed to get home <laughs> as, quick, <laughs> as, as quickly as I possibly could. Get that minute minute per mile down, mate. You can't beat that with uh, the old managerial change on your day so, off. So yeah, got home as quick as I could and fired up uh, fired up the laptop and everything. But um, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it was it was obviously unexpected because it was a, which I think I mentioned in the video it was my day off, so I was out running, not working, um, had my mind elsewhere, you know, enjoying the enjoying lovely Warwick, and then and then all of a sudden I was back home. You know, frantically making phone calls and, uh, and, and and tapping away, but yeah, definitely unexpected um, to say the least. And uh, yeah, never, <laughs> never quiet covering Warsaw. Well, mate, I mean, you know, you say you're out running and, and, and marrying the view. I saw your little tweet this week, uh, completing ah, the first half yes. marathon, mate. So you're in, you've been in, in proper training, trying to trying to get fit. Was this uh, was this just coming from you? Was it post Christmas? Was it getting on the scales? Was it the missus saying, "Come on, Liam, you need to maybe maybe lose a couple of pounds here, son"? Or, or was it was it just uh, was it just because you, you want your lifestyle to be, to be healthier and happier? Well, I'm one of those um, people where I tweet and then mention on here saying I don't like to talk about it, but and then I like to gain the bit of the attention about talking about it. So uh, <laughs> no, um, I I'll be honest with you, but between Last March, when the mm. first lockdown kicked in, and now, um, I've lost more than two stone. Bloody hell, man! That's incredible. Fair yeah, play. I, That's I, very, I, very good. I never really thought you thought 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 of you as portly, though, Liam. To be honest, so you know, you must have. Uh... Well, thank you very much for that. <laughs> um, no, I, uh, I've always been in. I say oh, I've always been in good shape. I didn't mean it like that. I mean, I've always been in sort of decent, um, like sporty shape. Mm. I've never, mm. ne- never really been much of a long distance run I've never really been like I'm obviously not a proper athlete but I've always enjoyed doing like recreational sport and that mm. um, but I it was a, a year prior to last March so what two years ago now I was um, between then and last March in that gap I was coming into a, I was doing no exercise whatsoever I just got myself yeah. into this rhythm of just doing nothing at all I was coming into work every day and buying Subway or Greggs at lunch. I know that Greggs is very close by, mate. Into yeah. I mean, you know, it's 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 been um it's been a, a killer for a lot of the sports uh, sports <laughs> yes. reporters, I think, um, in in past uh, years. So uh, yeah, it's very difficult when those are pretty much the only two um, affordable, decently priced stores close by. Or you go to Marks and Spencer and spend twenty four pounds on um, on a little bit of chicken and salad. 
five minutes around the corner, you pick up yourself a McDonald's as well. I mean, I did that a couple of times. I mean, yeah, there's a, there was a, I was doing that every day for about a year. And I was uh, doing no exercise, as I said. I was coming home and having, just shoving stuff in the oven and all this kind of stuff. And I just, yeah, I got myself in a bad way. Um, although, it's very kind of you to say that you didn't think, <laughs> that you didn't think I was, but I, I got myself in a bad way compared to what I was. Um, and then, yeah, I just, when the lockdown kicked in, I just thought I need to, I just need to make a change. I, I even got to the point where, I mean, I was getting, I was having like um, suit trousers that were a, a pain to, to to put on and wear. Um, extended. <laughs> yeah. I was walking up the stairs uh, in the office and getting to the top of the stairs out of breath. And I was like, what on earth? Oh, oh no, that's the was, worst. That is I, the worst. I was like, this is, this is getting bad. I got them again. Yeah. I mean, I won't, I won't mention the figures, but I, I, I got to. A, I mean, the scale was tipping. Uh, I was, I was getting, I was getting quite, quite, yeah, on the the wrong end of it. Hey, mate, so, yeah. speaking, speaking to the guy who waited at twenty one stone a while ago, mate, well, uh, before I changed yeah. myself around. So you have to, you have to now you've done your half marathon. You have to come with me on some, uh, some of the old marathon runs, mate, and oh, uh, we'll get you signed up for next year. I wasn't quite twenty one, but um, no, yeah, he <laughs> got quite bad. So I just thought, yeah, I just need to make a change. So I just started, I started off doing couch to five k. Um, yeah. and then obviously last July I put out that tweet that I'd done like my first sub 25 or well 25 minute 5k mm. uh, and then since then um, I've done it sort of intermittently really since then I've done a few 10k's here and there yeah um, I've done I think my fastest 10k was about 51 minutes which I was it's quite decent. pleased yeah, I was quite decent, pleased yeah. with that um, and then because uh, I go socially distance, of course, but I go out uh, and do most of these runs with one, another friend of mine uh, yeah. who's, a P, who's a PT. Um, and we, I do, I've never done longer than 10K and I've, right. never, and I've never trained to do any longer. And, we, mm. and I said, should we do 15K and see how I get on? And then we arrived at the, where we were doing it. Uh, and you we, felt and, good. And he, and he just turned to me and he went, fancy doing a half marathon? I was like, Go on then. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, you know, uh, for a penny. There's another six k on top of the fifteen yeah, you're yeah. doing, uh, and then so without any training, without anything at all, I just went and did it. I was. Oh, mate, fair play, fair so play. So I was I quite mean, pleased with that. And the thing is, you can you're burning calories for fun. You can eat you can eat whatever you want when you get oh, back because you're burning over fifty two thousand calories, and it's free it's free free calories, mate. Oh, I did. I had a whole tub of Ben and Jerry's and a big pizza. Ah, oh, I love that. <laughs> I love needed that. it. Got to celebrate, mate. I've it's never awesome. found. I, I, as I said, I've never trained for it. Uh, I found it. I found it tough, particularly. I sort of got to sixteen, seventeen k mm. mark, mm. and I started feeling it really tough. I started going pretty slow, um, but that pain afterwards. Yeah. Of the pain in my calves, I've never known pain like that. I was in yeah, absolute tough, agony. Mate. I I went to I went to go to Tesco afterwards to do my weekly shop. It was on the, on, the, on the Sunday. Yeah. Went, and I had to. I was leaning on the trolley to help myself walk around Tesco, and I was in absolute agony. I couldn't walk around. Oh, mate! It's when you sit down on the toilet, mate. That's the hardest bit. You're literally <laughs> just just literally slowing down, slowing down, and then you just drop. Uh, but uh, if you can do a half, mate, it's all it's all mental, mate. It's all mental. You can do a full. You can come and do. Like I said, I'm doing Disney next year, mate. The old um, Dopey Challenge, which is a. Uh, 5k on the Thursday, um, 10k on the Friday, half marathon on the Saturday, and then a marathon on the Sunday, back to back Ooh. to back to back. So uh, I've done that three times and uh, uh, I'm trying to improve. And I actually ran a PB crazy, crazily enough for the marathon after those three races. So um, I'm, you can come with me, mate. Come and get some some medals. Come and get a little bit. Because that's the thing. You always like a little bit of silver, mate. A bit of silverware, a little bit, a little bit of gold or or a copper or whatever just to hang up mate so you have to do that and oh, get, um, 
get a little, get a little, get a little bit of prizes. Right. Um, um, let's 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 talk about uh, the. Uh, I was going to say super saddlers. Let's just talk about the saddlers. Um, right. Okay. So so new manager Liam. Um, look, it's going to take time. It's going to take some time. It's going to take time for him to for Brian to to get his ideas across. Of course, the players will know him very very well indeed. However, he will have his own way of doing things when it comes. Whether that's on the training ground, whether that's um, directing during the games, whether that's you know his um, his his pre and post match press conferences and the way he deals with the press, it's not been an amazing start. It's not been great. It's uh, you know one point from from three games. What have you seen in Warsaw since then? Of course, there's been a lot of turnaround, not just with the managerial situation, but but with players as well. He's giving other people a chance. Um, what what have you made of it? Yeah, well, it's been very different. Um, Brian, as I said to you on the video after the, the first game, uh, Brian himself as a, as a character, the way he does everything, as, as you mentioned there, dealing with the press, dealing with everything, um, it's all very different. Um, and with and with that has come um, some refreshing things uh, in terms of injury news. Um, mm-hmm. Not shying away from those kind of questions, which which I, I I've said this on here plenty of times. I never really understood where Daryl came from with that because players and agents and people in the game speak. Um, people do their research. They have scouts. The the other club's going to know most of the time who and who isn't available for Warsaw um, when they come up against other teams. So. Uh, I didn't think it really had that much of, of a bearing, aside from the fact that the fans were kept in the dark. Um, so that's been a good thing. Um, but in terms of the style, it's it's almost it's almost chalk and cheese in a way. Really, um, he he really is hammering home the message of keeping the ball, playing out from the back, very rarely kicking it long from Liam Roberts or from any of the, the, the defenders mm-hmm. in general. Really. Um, and it's a real hammer home message of, of of keeping the ball, pressing high, and and working through the thirds of the pitch as you go as you go forward. Um, for the most part, I've seen lots of positives in the way that they are going about the style. Um, it's easier to watch. Um, they're keeping. They've got a lot more possession of the ball. Um, the stats are, are are in that favor in the, in in, in Brian's favor there, but. In terms of in front of goal, uh, it hasn't clicked in these three games uh, at all. I mean, uh, particularly the other night against Newport, there was, I think, what, one or two shots on target, or even potentially shots in general, actually, um, before they'd gone 1-0 down, and then all of a sudden they, they sort of kicked into gear um, and, and had, a, had a few more attempts once they'd gone 1-0 down. But they need to be doing that earlier in the game, not when they get to 70 minutes. Yeah. Um, the they, They're getting into decent positions, Um and it almost seems a reluctantness to shoot at times. I think I've seen Josh Gordon, who's normally he's normally a lot more clinical than he has been, uh, mm-hmm. get into positions um, to, to to even get half half opportunity away and and sort of almost relinquishing the ball to to, to someone else, almost passing the opportunity off. Um, I don't know whether they're they're sort of overthinking the the style and the process of keeping the ball uh, potentially. Um, but so that that's for me the biggest negative I think it's and that's where the the style has got to has got to transition into results 
Um, and is that it hasn't, something that will take time? Is, is, that, is that just a time thing? Is that I just think so. just just working on the training ground and and, and, and making sure that, that not only you know like you say of keeping keeping it from from the goalkeeper moving forward, but that there are chances that you are taking that you're not afraid to 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 shoot and and, and afraid to have a go at goal. And, and is is that just something that will develop in the next three to four to five games, or you know? kind of brings me on to my next point of is that that's fine and maybe it's something to look at you know and, and maybe develop onto the back end of this season or even next season but has has, has Brian got um only a certain amount of time here to to, to impress Pomlet to to get the job on a full-time basis so has he got to try and get is he what I'm trying to say is has yeah. he got to get results quickly for him to to get that chance and that opportunity or can he can he play the long game and 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 develop something that might take a little bit of time um, yeah, it, it, that that is a is a very key question. So in terms of the time, um, Brian has said it himself already the last couple of days that he would prefer that the games they didn't have as many Saturday Tuesday games. And sure. he, had more, he had more time on the training ground because he he's trying to hammer home this message and how he wants to do it. So that is a is is a big thing, and some fans might see that as an excuse, but I think it is it, it is fair enough to say that that he's having to have the players recover so much and do sort of off-field tactical things mm-hmm. more often than the on-field stuff because they're playing so regularly at the moment. So that's a big thing. Um, but, yeah, for me, this this boils down to really the club's amb- ambition for this season now because they've always said that they're targeting top seven, even letting go uh, Elijah and, uh, and Zach Jules in January, that they were still targeting top seven. Um, Brian and Lee Pomlet as well have all said it once Brian came in that they're still targeting top seven. Um, gone now? The question is, well, I'll, I'll say what I think personally in a second, but in terms of the the, the question is really on uh, whether behind the scenes they are saying, look, it, whether it happens or not this season, top seven, if we can create some sort of identity and see positives, mm. then we could then we could give Brian longer. So, um I I don't think he's in, under as much pressure to get quick fire results um as potentially some people might think because I think Lee Pomlet is is, is understandable of the situation they're in and having let go two players, had a manager go mid season, having to get these ideas across mid season. Um I, I I can see him giving Brian a chance beyond this season if he doesn't if they don't get top seven. Now, do I think they're going to get top seven? I've said all along that if they can get the right players ticking, um, coming to the boil at the right time, you're Roy Holden, Wes McDonald, obviously Roy Holden's back from injury, uh, Wes McDonald, Josh Gordon, then it, then I think it's possible. I think they've still got the players there to do it. Um, right now, I have to say, and I think it's the first time I've said this this season, I don't think it's going to happen this year now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been later to say that than some fans have been because I... I being in and around the the club and the players more than the fans have been this season for obvious reasons, I, I, I've seen positives that I think some fans don't see. Um, but I think for me, it's it's probably unlikely now. Uh, you look at Wes McDonald. He's for me, he's not been anywhere near as good as he should have been this season. Mm, um, consistently, consistently, yeah. I mean, he, he had the one game against Tranmere where he was brilliant. And he's had a couple of the games. That he, to be honest, even off the top of my head, I can't actually pick out a couple of the games that he's done okay in. But for the most part, he, he's had sort of anonymous spells within games or games as a whole. 
Rory Holden's obviously been injured. Josh Gordon was injured and has come back in, but hasn't quite got back to the, his levels pre-injury. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think the the bad luck of injuries has hampered them, um, but certain players not, not getting to their best as well. Uh, and obviously losing two players as well. So for me, I don't think it's going to happen. But I can see, I, th- I can see between now and the end of the season, if if Brian gets some results, sticks with the philosophy and the style that he's done so far, which he says he's going to stick with, uh, and the club see the positives in that, I think um, I think I can see him staying on. Does he is he really keen on on getting this position? Do you think full time and getting a contract? I assume, you know, even if even if they do go with him next season, it'll be a probably a rolling contract the way that things are going but um or, or could you see him joining Daryl you know if it doesn't work out will there be an offer there for him it, well either or you'd imagine I mean had had there been a space open for him now i.e. when Daryl left I'd have expected him to have gone then really mm. um because he's, he's worked closely with Daryl at several clubs um they're very they work very closely together on and off the field, obviously they, they sort of were living together, weren't they, for the time at Warsaw? So, um, I, 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 to be honest, I expected that when I knew Daryl was going, I expected Brian to go with him. I wasn't expecting him to, to stay on. Yeah. Um, everything that Brian is saying uh, and speaking to him these last couple of weeks is he is determined to take a real crack at this managerial role, make a success of it, and and build something for himself because he's got a real good opportunity here to have a good end to this season, get the job permanently and move into management, which is a, it's not an easy thing to do. Okay. So, yeah, sorry, I mean, everything, everything he's saying is that he, that he wants to, that he wants to, you know, get the job permanently and, mm-hmm. uh, and, and crack on from there. But what happens in the summer and whether we go, if he doesn't get it, I could see him going to, to work with Daryl again, but it depends if he wants to pursue the managerial job uh, elsewhere, he, he might drop drop down a league, perhaps if he doesn't if he doesn't uh, if he doesn't stay at Walsall. Yeah, I mean, you've spoken to to Brian plenty of times, even even when Dar was in charge. You, yeah, quite quite often, uh, you know, you spoke to probably more than you would do a normal assistant manager. I think a lot more uh, from what you've seen of him and and his demeanour and um, and you know the the pre match press conferences without Daryl that you've you've obviously attended in, you know via Zoom. Um, can you see him? Being a successful manager, has he, has he got the right um, the right characteristics? You think of making it at this level? The way um, he, he's still got things to improve, def- without a doubt. Um, he, he's still getting used to, you know, being in front of cameras and, ask, and answering questions, um, things like that. Mm-hmm. With us, I, I think that was part of the the reason why he was doing interviews with us. So, like a lot of the EFL trophy games, he would do instead of Daryl. He did the odd. Uh, he did the odd league game here and there as well. So, um, to be honest, I think he's actually done a very good job of the, of the questions the last couple of weeks. I, speaking to Rob Gurney, not the press conference today, but the one last week on the Friday, he came across very, very well in that. Um, but it is a it is a learning process um, for someone to get used to. It's much easier being behind the camera or behind the questions as I am, not rather than being in front of it. Um, so there are things to improve uh, on on that sense, um, but I think he has taken it in his stride. And, and what I can I see him as, as a manager? Um, he is, I would I would say yes, but more of an un- unconventional manager, really, because a lot of them are can be spiky, can't they? Um, mm. Daryl had his moments. <laughs> it's fair to say. That's uh, very um, generous and very kind and very well put. 
<laughs> yes. Um, there's, there's plenty of managers that are like that. But then, you know, a manager that springs to mind straight away for me is, is Kenny Jacket. Mm-hmm. Um, a, manage, a manager and a man who, who was very calm, um, very, very open and friendly with the press. I spoke to the guy at Portsmouth before, actually, who said that um, he would bring uh, physios in to press conferences and let the physio explain what's wrong with players and stuff like that. He, yeah. He reminds me, Brian reminds me of that kind of style. He's very calm. Uh, and to be honest, he's actually just very friendly. He's, he is just a nice, a nice bloke, um, which I think helps him in many ways as well um, in in going about, I suppose, answering the questions and and, and his business. Hmm. Um, there needs to be a bit more. There needs there does need to be a ruthless side in there, um, and I, I don't think we see it as much from this side of the fence. Um, and to be honest, I need to really speak to a player about that. It's it's something on my to do list, but. Um, I can see him being a manager, but as I said, more of an unconventional one. He's not going to be one that's going to scream the house down. You can see him yeah. on the touchline. He's very, de- very, very different to Darrell already on the touchline. So um, he, he strikes me as a, as a very professional and thorough man. I mean, speaking about what he does behind the scenes in terms of uh, the tactics, and he always, he's always got that clipboard to his <laughs> glued, glued to his hand, mm-hmm. uh, even at games. So. Um, Tactically, I don't think there's any there's any issues with him. I think he's just got to get his sort of personality across as, as best he can. Um, I mean, the, the last game, obviously Newport, kind of forgettable game, Liam. But um, I mean, compared to you know the, the stats and the, and the possession, you know they're right up there with them. And obviously, obviously Newport decent side, but like I say, it's just a shot. You know, you can't have 10, 11 shots in a game and only, only make one on target. You, you you're not going to score many goals. So I guess, like you say, that that's where it's got to get better. Yeah, definitely. Uh, for me, Newport were there to be were there to be got at on Tuesday or Wednesday rather. Um, mm. They they were in terrible, terrible form. I think they'd won twice uh, from beginning of December until then, and both times against struggling. Oh, who was it now? I think it might have been struggling Oldham. Uh, they beat twice. Um, they were they were there to be got out. They were low in confidence. Um, it, nothing was clicking for them at mm. all. Uh, and even in the game, they were there to be. They were there to be got. Warsaw had a lot of possession. They were winning the ball in midfield. They were, they were getting into the final third, and then not doing anything with it. Um, yeah. And then the goal comes from set piece. Uh, I'm being told by Brian and Matt Sadler that it was offside, and um, I hadn't actually watched the replay to be honest. But um, obviously, in terms of luck, then that is bad luck if it is offside and, they, and they've mm. been caught out. But to get caught out by a set piece, which Walsall have been very good at defending this season. It's their second set piece they've conceded in the whole in the whole season, I think. Or se- no, second corner, sorry. Um, so they've been very good at defending those. And then to let one slip in a game that, w- that was very tight, but Walsall could have come away. It, it could have gone either way, really, but Walsall could have come away with a win there because you saw after they conceded the urgency they then had in their play going into the final third. And they had almost, I think, double the amount of efforts that they, that they did in the previous 70 minutes in the sort of last 25, 30 minutes. So it was, um, yeah, it was it was disappointing really in the sense that I think the the urgency for me was, wasn't quite there. Um, and perhaps that's the, the, the schedule and the time that's coming into it. Mm. But... Um, that Newport were there to be were there to be got at, and and you, when you look at the table before the game, it was Newport were one of those sides. They they were seventh, um, 
six points ahead of Warsaw. If Warsaw had won that game, that puts them right, right in the mix there. Um, they're now looking at nine points off, and it's it becomes increasingly more difficult, doesn't it? Yeah, it's it's a strange position they're in because I mean, I mean, you know, won as many as I've lost this season, but drawn an incredible amount of games. It's thirteen draws, which is mm. you know the the most in the league. Um, like you say, three points away from away from eleventh in a Bradford, which we'll, we'll obviously come on to. Later on in the podcast, three points away from twentieth, Stevenage. Um, like I, they're not for, for me. There's no chance they're going down. Absolutely no chance they're going down. But at the same time, you don't want to lose your next two, and then you and then and then and then you're looking over your shoulder a little bit. And uh, you know, with the, with the amount of games that are coming and a new manager trying to get you know maybe implement new ideas, you don't you don't want to be you know really having to to go back to maybe. A system and a tried and tested that people know about to win ugly. You want to be able to to for for, for Brian to, to bring on these values and to bring on these these new players and to and to try and give other people a chance and potentially, let's say best case scenario if we're ruling out seventh, but be comfortable mid table and maybe bring a few of the younger players in for next season because there's so many question marks which I think there's you know going into next season with players and recruitment etc that. People will need to know what they've got in the bank and in the tank before they start making decisions on players. Yeah, it's um, yeah, it's, it's looking like it's potentially going to be quite a big rebuild um, in the summer. Um, I'm, yeah, it's going to be an interesting one. But you mentioned about uh, sort of losing if they, if they lost the next two games and being worried about looking over their shoulder. I mean, for me, the next three games are, are huge. Bradford, mm-hmm. who are in exceptionally good form in eleventh, Exeter, who are. A, I think eighth at the moment. I think off the top of my head, um, doing doing very well. Cambridge top of the league, albeit they're t- two teams uh, below them. have got games in hand, but they're top of the league. They're the next three games. Bradford at home, extra away on a Tuesday night. I'm looking forward to that trip. Um, and uh, <laughs> and away to Cambridge the following Saturday. Um, those are three massive games because as you well, say, I've, they... got, I've got another game that, that, that I'm looking forward to even more, Liam. <laughs> Go on. Grimsby away because incredibly I shall be at Grimsby away. What? Yes, I'm coming you're, with you you're to Grimsby be... Town away for Walsall Football Club. Well, I mean that is uh, can't could, be that mate. You can't be away. I couldn't at Grimsby, have asked for a better Friday you know. news than that. I mean that is that's incredible. <laughs> I didn't think Grimsby was your kind of scene. Oh mate, uh, I love a bit of Grimsby, mate. I used to play at Cleethorpes Cricket Club back in the day and. Uh, and uh, dad used to work at Grimsby all his all his life, really. But um, obviously, family in Yorkshire and in Hull as well. So I'll be I was back for that weekend, and then I'm looking at the calendar and sorting out the the uh, the games that we'll be covering for myself and Luke. And of course, there's international break that weekend as well. So there's no Wolves or or Villa or West Brom. So so Luke's at Shrewsbury, and I'm like, oh, Grimsby Town couldn't even be better. So yeah, we'll be uh, we'll meet down for a bit of uh, maybe we'll do a run before mate, and then we can have some fish and chips and enjoy it without without busting the calories. Oh God, I'm scared of going on a run with you now. I think <laughs> it's because <laughs> um, no, yeah. So uh, yeah, the ne- I mean these next three games are huge. Mm. I mean, as you say about looking over your shoulder, I agree with you. I don't think I don't think Walsall get dragged into dragged into anything below them. I think they'll have enough to to get a few results and be okay. Um, mm. And and speaking to Brian this morning, he, he he's very much of the same thought that you know they're looking above them. They're not they're not looking over their shoulder. Um, I hope that doesn't get replayed to me at the end of the season and I get proved wrong. But I, I do I do think they'll they'll be fine. Yeah. Um, but these next three games, as you say, I mean, if they if they lose these next three, 
I mean, God forbid they lose these next three. This is going to look then it then that will have a different outlook, won't it? Um, mm-hmm. It will look very very different in three games time, which is what a week a week's time because the games are that quick. Yeah. Um, but you know, League Two. I I don't like to repeat some of Daryl's cliches, but he is bang on when he says it. It's a funny old league, <laughs> mm-hmm. and he and he would say the same. He said the same thing over and over again. But it really was that teams will just pop up. You see South End of the night beating Forest Green three one. Yeah. Um. I mean, the teams will pop up with, with results, and it wouldn't shock me to see Warsaw have a, you know a, a few decent results, and they, they've actually got a very good record against Exeter for the most part as well. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I do think they they are going to need something out like these three games, you know, just to just to at least tie them over into what will hopefully be some easier games. I mean, they've got Barrow coming up, Crawley coming up, South End away coming up, Grimsby who are obviously what bottom of the league at the moment. Um. So it's uh yeah it's gonna be it's never easy I'd say that but it's gonna be um it's definitely an opportunity to to improve on their position do I think they get top seven probably not who um who are your key players between now and the end of the season do you see Liam um for not only helping also go to the table but helping helping Brian potentially get a get a get a deal next season. Yeah, um, for me, Liam Kinsella's a big one. Um, he's obviously going to miss Bradford and Exeter being suspended mm. um, with his red card. But once he's back in um, for Cambridge, you'd, you'd expect him to go straight back into the starting eleven as well. For me, he's probably... For me, he's definitely been the most consistent player of the season um, because Elijah Adebayo is no longer at the club. He's probably been the player of the season as well um, mm. so far for me. Um, he's 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 going to be massive because he his he wins all the second balls in midfield, um, but also his his last ditch tackles, blocks everything. Um, his energy in the middle of the park is huge. That's going to be big because particularly the way Warsaw want to play as well. He, he's not a, a ball carrier midfielder, so to speak, but he he wins it back and lets Frank Vincent or Alfie Bates do do that next to him. So, um, he'd be big. Um, I think. I, as much as I've criticised him in this podcast already for not not having a great season, for me, where's McDonald? If he can get on his best, if he can really get himself fired up and mm. and playing the way he has done for Warsaw at times, he is one of the best wingers in the league. Um, he just doesn't show it often enough. Um, and then, and then this, this very simple answer again is Josh Gordon because I think quality wise, Josh is up there. Um, it's not quite clicking for him at the moment. Um, he is now playing more centrally more often than not. Um, Brian is sort of preferring him as a striker rather than a winger, but he's occasionally pushing him out wing out out, out wide. So um, Josh playing more centrally with players around him, I think, could be a big plus, um, uh, big plus as well. So yeah, they would be the key ones for me, and and they're the kind of players that are going to drag you when they're on their game. Are going to drag you through tough moments as well, um, and and that could be what sort of gets Brian over the line in in certain games. To get certain results and, and potentially get a, a new deal at the end of it. Do you feel um, Warsaw sometimes suffer from a lack of competition for places and that maybe players who are having dips in form or disappointing displays, they're never really going to lose their place in the side. They know that there's no one really, you know, turning up tables because of personnel, because of amount of numbers as well as anything in practice and that they're kind of guaranteed and they, they lull into that that kind of comfort zone to a certain extent. Do you feel that sometimes that's a reason? 
I definitely, yeah, I definitely, I definitely think it's a factor. I think it's, um, it's, a, it's a product, unfortunately, of, um, of obviously the financial situation mm-hmm. and having to have a lot of young lads in there and, and they haven't got a huge squad. But I totally agree. You look at the, again, touch on Wes McDonald. Uh, he didn't start the other night. Um, but it's because they they basically sort of changed systems, mm-hmm. um, which meant there was no left winger. Because if he does play, he's the only left winger at the club, really. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they either change system or play him, regardless of form. Uh, at the moment, Josh Gordon and Keen Lavery sort of starting up top. Um, Keelan's actually done pretty pretty well last quarter, I think. But you've got. Derek Gossayor, who's only had a, a probably a combined 30, 40 minutes in three games or whatever off the bench. Um, Jaden Reed, who's not played yet um, off the bench. So there isn't a, a whole lot of competition there. Um, you look at you look at midfield, they've got a few young young lads coming through, but Kinsella's gonna play. Although in all fairness to him, he deserves to play because he has he's not he's not sort of let his standards drop, but Kinsella's going to play. Alfie Bates had the occasional poor game. They've got Frank Vincent. They've got one or two numbers in there, but then you bring in a sort of an ageing, experienced Sinclair, or you bring in a 19-year-old in in Sam Perry. It's Mm. sort of one end of the spectrum. Sure. Um, You've got... You look look at right wing. I mean, uh, Tommy Wright did very well when he was in. Uh, Obviously, been injured. Um, Jack Nolan hasn't really had much of a sniff since he had his few starts and actually did well in those games um, but again they're 19 year old lads and, and, and they're not going to start week in week out they need more experienced players so uh, I definitely think that's a factor because when they haven't got someone else pushing them um, it's easier to sort of you know go with the flow and just know you're going to start the next game regardless um, and to touch very to finish on that to touch with uh, Manuel Osadivi mm. start, started the last two games and for me, he, he's not done anywhere near enough going forward. He hasn't done anywhere near enough all season going forward. Um, I thought I say going forward because I thought against Stevenage in the second half when Warsaw had ten men and were you know on the back foot, he, he moved out and played on the left wing. Uh, I think he did a pretty decent job at winning the ball back and, and you know tracking back and, yeah. and and doing the hard yards. But going forward, he, he offered nothing against Newport playing in the in the hole in behind Lavery and and Gordon. It was he was anonymous really. Um, and I said, I remember speaking to you at the beginning of the season. We watched him a couple of times and thinking, oh, that, you know, there's you thinking, you know, there's a there's a player in there. Yeah, there, there is there is a player in there who's, who's you know who's got a bit of aggression about him. Is, uh, is can hold the ball up, can can look in behind, has got a decent eye for a pass. You know, you know, he, and since I think, if I'm honest, the last time I was impressed by him was probably Barrow away, which was end of October. Wow, really? Um, since then, he, he well, his last start up until Stevenage came end of November. Then he went from November to February without starting a game. Um, so at the same time, there wasn't a, a, a massive amount of opportunities for him. Mm-hmm. But every time he's come in, going, going forward, I'll keep saying it that way. I don't I don't think he's offered anything. I really don't. And um, I think I think he needs to, to do a, a lot more. And that ties into the same argument that, you know, they haven't got the, um, they haven't got the competition because, you know, if he's going to come in and, 
and not do well, he was the well. competition at the start well, exactly that's what I'm saying that, yeah, that he, was the good thing you know he, he, he was he was the competition mm. and then because he's not performing he isn't the competition if you know what I mean it's, yeah. he, he's gonna he, I know he started the last two games but for me I don't think he's gonna I don't think that can carry on because I don't, I've not been impressed mm. shall we take some uh, take some questions Liam from yes. this from the beautiful saddlers peeps let's do it um, of course you know with the with the ruling with the government, uh, Liam, and, and fans getting back into the stadiums doesn't really affect Warsaw, does it, unfortunately? Um, unless, unless of course, they, uh, they do make an incredible run to seventh and, uh, make, uh, and scrape into those playoffs. Yes, exactly. Um, it's what the season finishes May 8th. Yes, May 8th. Um, and it's the following weekend, isn't it, that the, mm. the, the new um, rules on having 10,000 or... No, what is it again? No, ten, I don't even know. It's I don't ten, know what the rule it's, is it's now. Twenty-five. <laughs> I think it's twenty-five percent of the capacity. I believe. How is it really twenty-five percent? Oh, that's higher than I thought it was. Right. Let's do some quick maths. What's twenty-five? Okay. What's twenty-five percent mm-hmm. of eleven thousand three hundred? Oh, hello. Um, it's about um, two thousand seven hundred. I would say. That's the. That's the uh, bank's second capacity. Two thousand eight hundred or something like that. Twenty five percent of. Just in my, in my Go- expert maths. <laughs> I'm googling it quickly. Yeah, two thousand eight hundred twenty five. There you go. It's not too bad that for A level maths. That was pretty good. That was pretty good from you. Private school and A level A, mate. To be fair, so it's oh, not uh, too bad. I I did uh, GCSE and got a C, so there you go. Did you GCSE uh, and GCSE maths? <laughs> yes. Matt, that's basically. I mean, GCSE maths basically basically pictures and adding and subtracting. No, no, come on, no, it's harder than that. It's hard. Come on, come on, it's a lot harder than that. If oh, yeah. if Paul had three sweets and Jill <laughs> took one, how many sweets did Paul have left? Basically, no, GCSE maths. a lot harder than that. No, you know I got. <laughs> this isn't a joke as well. I I was because I, I think it was two exams and then combined and then mm. to get your overall grade. I got one mark off a of B. Oh no! Here we go. I retook two exams and still got a C. <laughs> wow! Oh, wow! What a waste of time that was. How can you retake exams? In my back in my day, mate, it was it was it was that was it. Game over. You can't you couldn't send them off to get remarked that they do these days or, or yeah, retake an that, exam. Yeah. It was it it was basically all down to none of these teacher predicted grades, mate. It was proper old school graph. Well, I uh, well you know I'm an old I'm an old soul now. I'm well, end, of the, are, mate, yeah. end, end of this year. I'm 25. Oh, that is oh, he's getting on a bit. Game, that's game over. Um, I so it was a long time ago. I don't really remember, but then whatever the situation was, I was the, the timings was. I was able to retake two exams at the end of the. I don't know how it worked out, but mm. yeah. What you're saying is you you're still pretty shit. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna. That's gonna need. That's gonna need a beep. Otherwise, I'm going straight. To, I'm going. I'm going straight to Martin with that. Um, no, it's yeah. fine, mate. I don't think you've listened to the Wolves podcast many times, mate. To be fair, <laughs> it's, um, it's getting more bluer by by the week. That's good. I like that. Um, I you know I've only sworn once on here, and I and uh, me and Luke had a proper laugh about it because I was like, you're gonna you need to beat that because it was it was it was the the f word as well. Oh really? Oh, oh, well, no, proper, I'd, have to beat, I'd have to definitely beat that man. It was a pro- it was a proper one. Oh, um, yes. What, what was I saying? Oh yes. So the the pasta. Yeah, I mean, water would have two thousand eight hundred twenty five with that twenty five percent, which is not far off what they were aiming for in back a few months ago when the, the, the sort of yeah. tier system was working out. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um yeah, Warsaw wouldn't have any fans unless they got into the playoffs. 
uh, and then the, the semi-final at the Banks's that leg would have home fans, as would the away leg, and then as would the final at, at Wembley. So, um, so yeah, and unfortunately, that's the only way they're going to see um, they're going to see supporters this season now is if they mm-hmm. is if they get there. So imagine how how much sweet it will be if they got there as well because of oh. you know fans being there, being incredible, wouldn't it? Yeah, so it's it's an amazing, amazing dan- uh, character dangle for for those pl- those teams looking to mm. to get into the playoffs. That's for certain, right? Okay, well, um, if we don't see the the fans, then they can obviously um, send in send in their fortnightly questions to us, and um, and we'll do our best to answer them. Uh, which is the next best thing, or even better than being in the stage, <laughs> getting a, qu- a question answered by yourself, Liam. So let's go straight on with this, uh, Neil. Hemmingsley says, uh, "Come the end of the season, to my knowledge, we will have five contacted contracted players." Uh, Rose, Roberts, Kinsella, Bates, and Holden. What players should we be looking to keep? He, he's bang on with all of them. I'm trying to think with Roberts whether his extension was in. I'm trying to think, you know, whether Roberts actually um, is under contract or not. The rest of them are definitely right. Mm. Let me just. You know what? I don't think it, because it was under Dowell, it was just a. Contract extensions. We don't actually know. Yeah, I'm not 100 sure. You might be. You might be right there. But um, who do we need to keep? Um, it's going to be some of the same name. Some of the same names again, even if they're not performing right now. Because I do. I, I still. I still think with the right. You know the right coach and the right system. There's a player in there. Josh Gord and Wes McDonald. Uh, Dan Scar would be a one for me as well. Yeah. Uh, I don't actually. If I'm honest, I don't think he's particularly settled into this system as well as some of the others. Um, mm-hmm. The last couple of weeks, uh, he's not much of a ball playing centre half. To be fair, but for me, um, I, I would still keep him at this level. Um, you know what's a funny one is Matt Sadler. <laughs> he's a uh, he's he's turning thirty six pretty soon, I think, um, if he hasn't already. And uh, he's assistant manager at the moment, mm. uh, and he's he's been playing very well. In all fairness to him, he was playing very well before uh, Darrell mm-hmm. left as well because James Clark's been injured. I, I've mm-hmm. been impressed with him so. Um, I mean, if he fancies playing for another year, I'd I'd, I'd start him up. Yeah, um, absolutely. I think Max Malborn's been pretty good at left back. Uh, the lad on loan, there's a, there's a view to you know keeping him um, if they can. So yeah, there's a, there's a lot of work to do. I think that the work we spoke about this actually me and you on here when they kept Bates and Kinsella, that was some mm. very very good business at the time, mm. um, and they're going to need some more of that. And and hopefully you know with Holden still being here. Um, Hopefully, there's a you know a catalyst for a few of the players to to realise you know there were some talent is going to stay at the club and hopefully you know build from there. Um, but it's going to be a, it's going to be a bit of work. And as you, you rightly said as well, bringing some of the young lads through. I mean, Sam Perry could very well you know do what Alfie Bates did in Darrell's first season when he broke into the into the first team. He could be looking at that because you imagine that maybe Stuart Sinclair might move on. Yeah. Um, Danny Guthrie obviously already has. So yeah, there's opportunities there for some younger lads as well, for sure. Good stuff. Uh, he also asks, um, quick one before we move on. Um, do you think he, he's basically saying? Do you think that we should give the youth players a run of games once they're mathematically safe? So would you would you you know maybe maybe bench you know four or five of the senior lads and then see what the young kids have, have got or not? Yeah, if if it was um, if it was you know mathematical on both ends of the, the table um, then yes if there's still something to, to potentially fight for as, as slim as it is um, I'll, I'll, I'll be careful with it um, but if it's mathematical on both ends I'd say 
at the same time also be careful with it because you can't you know go into a game playing five or six 19 year olds and uh, you know sort of basically handing over the result barring any miraculous performances um but i would you know dip one or two of them in here and there um sam perry's the big one because obviously he played uh, in the cup last season hasn't played since then mm-hmm. um it was a year ago in january and hasn't played since so he's going to want minutes um tom leak hasn't had his professional uh debut yet he's going he's, you'd imagine going to want that um so there are players to bring in um but you know you have to do it carefully and, and it, it's not the easiest positions either because Sam Perry in the middle of midfield is, a, is an important one. Tom Leak, uh, centre half, is a tough one to to just throw him in. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's got to be done with the right um, the, the the right moments in games at the right times in the in, in the season. You know, you're looking at maybe five ten minutes at the end of a game for a player like Tom Leak, perhaps. Mm. Um, but they, they they need to be given the opportunity as well, and they course, were yeah. they they were do they they were given that sorry. Uh, that opportunity in midweek by, by being put on the bench in the first place because Nolan and Cockrell Mollick could have still been on the bench and, and, and they weren't. So, um, you know, it's it's all building that experience up and uh, I, I fully expect Perry particularly to get some minutes, I would say. Okay. Uh, Nick Etheridge, any relation potentially, no, to a former Warsaw goalkeeper? I was, I was trying to think what you were getting at then. Oh. <laughs> Neil Everidge, yes. I, sp- I interviewed Neil Everidge uh, in the first lockdown. Did a oh, good, did you? Yeah, did a, did a good did a good piece with him. I think it was April time. He was yeah, he was it was a nice bloke. It was a good chat. About his, about was, his time at Warsaw. He was he was great. He was cocky. He rated himself, but I liked that. You need mm. to have that sometimes. You need to have a little bit of that. Not cocky, maybe cocky's hard. He had that arrogance about him, and I think you need that, especially if you're yeah. going to make it and if you're going to go to top level football. I think you need to have that swagger about you. And I think maybe sometimes, you know, even even at a League Two level, you need to have that swagger about you sometimes saying, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm better than what, what potentially you know, mm. I am. And I think you need to do that sometimes. And maybe that's that's kind of what Warsaw lack to a certain extent sometimes, you know, that, that kind of that kind of attitude. Uh, I'm not saying everybody needs to have that, but you need to have a few little egos in there I feel and, uh, and people are a little bit feisty to, to get yourself ticking over at sometimes rather than being too nice anyway Nick Ooh. says um, do you think that the Daryl Clark way is having a negative effect on the way Dutton operates given uh, how he's tried to change things tactically during games that we've been doing fine in and seemingly making us worse um, I'm assuming he means in, in terms of sort of changing the style mm. mid-season yeah um, if I'm honest, uh, I'm not really sure it's necessarily that it, I'm not sure it's necessarily that it's anything to blame Clark for, for. In the sense that it doesn't matter what the system was beforehand, changing it mid-season is always going to be a difficult thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's what it boils down to. It doesn't matter whose system it is, changing from this system to that, whichever way around it goes. I think it's just the fact that you're changing mid-season mm-hmm. is what is so difficult to do. Uh, and that's what's gonna, and that is gonna hamper the players, uh, without a doubt. I mean, I think you could see that in these results and performances that there are positives in there, but it's surrounded by what is a, a relatively toothless attack at the moment um, mm-hmm. with players that are better than than, than what they're showing. So, um, I think, yeah, I think I think that that is what it boils down to. Really, it's just that the fact that he's having to change it, and the reason he's having to change it 
is because that's the way he wants to do it. That's the way Brian wants to play. He's said several times, you know, he, if, if he does this, plays the way he wants to play, plays how he thinks football should be played, and it doesn't work out, he said he, he, his conscience will be clear because he's, you know, he's done what he thinks is the right thing to do. Um, and obviously, if it works out, then, then, it's, then it's great. So, um, yeah, that, that's for me, that's what it boils down to. And it, it is a big difference between the two styles and the systems um, because... If, if I'm honest, uh, how many games did Daryl have in his in his time? Is it what seventy, eighty games he had maybe mm. at the club? Mm. You could you couldn't really pin down with one specific description as to what they were really under him. It was all it was all chopping and changing. It was one week we're hoofing it long, one week we're pressing high, one week we're you know this that and the other. It was it it was difficult to pin down. Whereas with with this system, you know what it is. The players know what it is. They just got to now implement it properly. Uh, it's going to take a bit of time, but I think that's what it, that's what it boils down to: is having to change in mid-season. It's what's going to hamper them in the short term, but hopefully in the long term, be a success. I think that's what the aim is. Jimmy Patel, where do we actually go from here? As this echoes the 05-06 season, minus relegation, key players out of contract, no permanent manager, and no money from what we know of. Yeah, I can. Yeah, I can totally understand why supporters are, you know, pessimistic about the situation because you 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 look at times during the season when you know Elijah's on form and and the team the team looks like. I think I'd go back to early December beating Tranmere, beating Bolton, beating Port Vale, going on a good on a good run of fixtures, which they haven't really replicated since. Um, I think he's saying they're minus relegations. I think he's assuming that they're not going to get relegated as well. But I can, yeah, I can see what he means. It's it's got the potential to be a, a big rebuild in the summer, which you know wasn't the plan. It, the plan was under Daryl to get themselves promoted within his time at the club. Mm-hmm. Had he not had he not left when he did, he had another another season to go. But he potentially would have had to rebuild anyway because of the amount of players out of contract. So um, I can see where the you know the pessimism comes from. Um, but at the same time, there's, there's there are players that are going to be out of contract. There's going to be some that haven't you know that haven't haven't done it this season, haven't performed, and, mm-hmm. and there, there shouldn't be a there shouldn't be a, a clamour to necessarily keep some of them um, if they're not you know if they're not doing not doing the business. So uh, it can go either way really. It's one of those that the rebuild could be could be just what they needed, or it could drop them you know another couple of steps back and uh, another another season languishing in mid table. James Kendrick, how many points do you think Brian needs from these nineteen games to guarantee he's in charge at the start of next season, or do you think he'll be eight, he'll be in charge? However, these nineteen games go. Is it nineteen games to go, or my? That's what he's it, put, he's I thought it was 19, less than that. I thought, I, I thought it was less than that as well. No, you know what? I've got it in front of me. Very. Let me. I can do this. I can count. Go on. From this, is, one. this is back to GCSE. Yeah, yeah. Here yeah. We go. One, two, three, eight, four, minus six, no. Seven. 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17 games left. I've okay. just seen your fingers on camera as well. You were doing that one, yeah. <laughs> I've got the fixtures in front of me, I promise. So now you, th- this is where you've got to do the maths for me. What's 17 times 3? Oh, mate, you're killing me. <laughs> I can't do that. 51? I'm getting a calculator out, I'll tell you. 52. No, 51, you're right, first 51. time. 51, yeah, yeah. So there's 51 points available. Mm-hmm. How many does he need to get to ensure he stays 50, next season? 51. 
Is that what your answer is? Yeah. <laughs> 51 out of 51. He's got, to, he's got to do a Man City and win the next 17 games. Well, they've just won 19 in a row, haven't they, Man City? You've got to win yeah, 17 in a row. Ridiculous. Um, out from 51 games, what's he got to get to ensure he gets... It's a very, very tough one because it all depends where the ball is coming from. For me... For me, I'd say about half. Really? Okay. Yeah. Which is probably a little bit lower than what some people might think. Mm. Would you say? Yeah, I would say I would say that people would think a little bit higher than that. I feel yeah. like he has to impress rather than just do okay. But like you say, you you're, you're closer to the club, and, and I'm, maybe, I'm uh... thinking that only because um, I, I, you could perhaps you, perhaps you can go to sort of thirty ish instead. But I'm thinking that because I I think there's a you know a a confidence and a, and a belief in the way in in what Brian can offer and the way he's going about it. I think mm-hmm. I, I think there is confidence and belief in that. Now it might not obviously work out, but I do think they, as I think you could tell from what Lee Pomlet was saying in his video, that they do rate Brian as a coach. So um, it's just good whether he can get it, you know, get it working. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd say maybe I'd go slightly higher. I think I'd go about thirty. You know, obviously the story came out that they, um, you know, Pomlet and Gamble interviewed. Um, Brian, kind of mm. before this all happened, is that a normal thing to do? Was it? That seems kind of. I haven't really heard that before. I understand he's thought highly and and maybe given him practice for for future roles. Or did they did they know this was coming and they kind of wanted to sound him out? Or was this just a we really rate you highly. We're going to give you a a mock interview to to help you out. It all seems a little bit a little bit convenient with um with him coming in, into it, yeah into wow. Everything, everything I've been told, you know, speaking speaking to people about it, is that it it was a bit of a coincidence, really, that Daryl had gone. Um, but you're right; it does seem it seems like a strange thing to do for me. I can see where Lee's coming from when he mentioned that it's a sensible management thing to do. You know, so they've got options because managers come and go all the time, etc. Things happen quickly in football. I, I I get that, but it's similar for I was speaking to our deputy sports editor Derek about it. He's mm-hmm. he, and he was like it, it's like me interviewing for his job while he's still here. Yeah, it's just it's a bit strange, you know. What I mean, it's a bit strange. Um, but having spoken to you know spoken to Brian about it on record as well, and I had a, something come out at the beginning of this week about it that he, it was all done with the with Daryl's blessing. He was aware of it. Um, he had no problem with it. And it was all it was all part of the mentoring that Lee and the board had were, were giving Brian because they saw Brian as a you know a promising young coach who could move into management at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what uh, I, I can understand. The, you know where the speculation comes from because it's all very convenient and uh, that it, that it happens what a couple of weeks before uh, before Daryl goes. But no, everything I was told that. At that point, there was no, you know, no rumblings of of Daryl going, and it was only the weekend before the the Monday when Daryl had gone. It was that weekend where it all started mm. to, you know, come to a head with Daryl. So, uh, so yeah. It, although it seems convenient, it I think I think it it just was, you know, a coincidence. Okay, last couple after race through these before we get onto a quick preview. Uh, Gary Gary says, uh, "Are we wasting our time until Bonza either bleeds us to the point of extinction or gives the club the pitch back?" No club at this level can survive with that overhead, surely. Yeah, it's uh, it's tough, isn't it? I mean, the um, 
speaking to to Lee a couple months ago about you know the free old and everything, it, it, the, the plan is to still you know get the stadium owned by the club, uh, reunite them once again, but it's going to take time, particularly at the moment with the the difficulties financially. It's you know the plans are getting set back six months a year with every you know passing month that there are there are restrictions so uh, and no fans obviously which means no income um mm-hmm. so i mean i would be interested to you know to know how far that can go um how far and uh, yeah how far the money can go you know to keep paying the the overheads to to the former owner but um you know speaking to speaking to Lee everything's done very meticulously in the sense that this is what comes in this is what goes out and this is what we have to do to get to this point this is what we have to do to get to you know two years from now kind of thing it's all very meticulous in that sense um so I wouldn't be worried about the club you know getting into financial problems I think you know they they've, they've got sensible people running it a, a tight ship um but you don't want to be doing this for much longer. It's good. It's as soon as possible. And speaking to Lee, he says that the, the plan is to get it done as soon as possible. It's just, you know, it's uh, it, it does take time. Okay. Uh, final one, Stuart Scooby Bot says, do you think Lee Pomlet will give us the cash to go for promotion next season? Will the regular chairman updates placate, um, placate supporters if we continue <laughs> to, to struggle in this awful division? Could you give me the second part of that question again? Because I, I couldn't quite make out what yeah, you were Yeah, well, basically, will the, regu- will, will the chairman continue to give updates if we struggle in this awful division? Because obviously he's been very good with the uh, yes, He's yeah, given yeah. plenty of um, open debate. He's been very clear and, um, and you know, a refreshing change to what we've had prior. So um, will that continue? And, and also, will he give some cash for, for us to have a really good go at promotion next season? I think um, he... I don't think he'll stop doing the you know, that communication side of it, because he's stressed several times that that's a really key part of what he wants to do at the club and, you know, speaking to supporters and speaking to me and, you know, radio and TV and all that kind of stuff. Um, I, from a PR point of, point of view, I think it's, you know, he's, he's not doing it every week. He's doing it, you know, when it's, well, when big things happen, i.e. Mm-hmm. Elijah and Jules being sacked, and sacked <laughs> sold, um, and then, you know, Daryl leaving, but then he's also doing it at times, you know, when it's it's going to, you know, come across better. Um, because from a PR point of view, if he does it every week, there's going to be little to talk about, really, because he's going to be talking about the, the football, which is what everyone else does anyway. Um, and also, you know, it's, the fans will start to get, you know, a bit sick of him if they, if, they, if they see him every week and he's saying, oh, I think I think we did OK, or this, that and the other. You know, it's got to be it's got to be at the right time. Um, and so far, they have done it at the right time pretty much every time I'd say um so I would, I would expect that to carry on but it not to be every week as it has been it'll be you know intermittent mm. um when it's when it's necessary um which is the, the right way of doing it I think um will will there be yeah will there be money for it, it, it all depends on how many players leave you know whether any players are whether any players are are sold and there will be a a, a budget of sorts but it will be you know it's, it's not going to be reams and reams it's going to be you know, bringing players in, freeze loans to build, hopefully what will be a, a the core of the team. And obviously, if they do lose a lot of players, there will be extra funds available for you know more experienced players to come in if they lose a lot of the players out of contract. Um, but it's almost like it's like you, you've got a pot, and you know you fill it up to a certain point, 
you lose part of it. You, you only go back up to that certain point again, if you know what I mean. It's it's only it's got it's got a ceiling. Um, you can they can't go over what they can afford to spend because that's when the clubs get into trouble. Um, so it all yeah it all depends really on how many players how many players go. I would say um, and what, who they can attract from there from there onwards. Um, it's going to be yeah it's going to be tough without a doubt. Uh, they've got to recover from this financial period as well as they've had. Um, they've got to get through what has been a difficult time for for most clubs. So um, yeah, difficult, but they should be aiming for promotion. But I'll say that every season they should be aiming for promotion. Well, they should be absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Um, right. So uh, thank you very much for all the questions, everyone. Uh, quick look then to. Um, to tomorrow, Lee, and uh, Warsaw against Bradford. Uh, I mean, Bradford before we Bradford. do that, sorry, Dan, go on, before we do go that, on, go could, on. could I just very briefly mention the yes. Tyreek Wright stuff from this week? Yes, of course you can, yeah, my um, apologies, yeah. No, no, that's right, I, I, don't, I didn't want to end on that. I'd, I'd no, rather, no, no, yeah. You know, yeah. Mention it now before we talk about Bradford, about mm. the disgusting racist abuse that he got online on Instagram. I mean, I obviously won't go over the situation or repeat anything that was said, but it was... I mean, I know you're gonna you'll agree with this as well. It, it really is incredible to me that this kind of stuff still happens. Um, in 2021, it doesn't matter in this day and age or not. It shouldn't be happening. Simple as that. Mm-hmm. But it's just um, you know he's a he's a 19 year old lad. He's the, the whole thing started from him 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 posting a, a screenshot of a news report about um, some school kids that had. You know, racially attacked a uh, a black child and not been not been reprimanded is the right word, yeah, yeah. for it. And, and all he had, all he done is, you know, is he he brought light to that, and he got attacked for it. I just, he's absolutely incredible to me. And the clubs have gone about it very well. Um, Villa and and Warsaw, you know, putting statements out, speaking to the police. Uh, I will try and see, you know, what the latest is on the the situation with the investigation into that as well. Um, and you know the safeguarding that there is in place at, at Warsaw and at, and at Villa, speaking to Tyreek, you know, checking he's okay. And I've seen a few messages he's put on Instagram about you know thanking people for, for the support and things like that. And so it's nice. It is nice to see that you know people running around him. A lot of Villa and Warsaw fans all together on Twitter and Instagram and everything, all you know, running around him. But they shouldn't have to be. They shouldn't have to be doing that. They shouldn't have to be responding to it. I shouldn't have to be writing stories about it and bringing light to. An absolute moron online, sending a nineteen-year-old kid racist abuse, and it just it just it, it gets my back up as much as it does anyone else. Anyone else who's sure. got any any moral compass at all winds them up. And I th- thought that you know Matt Sadler and Brian Dutton spoke very well about it uh, after the game on Wednesday when I asked them, um, which the story's online now. Um, you particularly speaking to this, is, this isn't a slight on Brian, but particularly speaking to Matt that. You could almost you could see almost how emotional he was when I was speaking to him, which obviously doesn't come come across in in print. But he, Tariq has fit in so well at the club, um, played well in his couple of games, and then to have stuff like that and have something else to focus on rather than you know building a career as a young footballer, yeah, it just uh, you know it's, it's, it really is upsetting to see it. So I just wanted to you know just to mention it, bring bring light to it, so that you know hopefully more of these idiots stop. It doesn't happen again. And for me, uh, just to finish on it, see what you think. For me, social media platforms have got to do more to, got to do more to stop it. There's got to be. I know things are mentioned about having more identity online, things like that. Because this account that sent it, it had no profile picture. I went onto the account; it had no pictures on Instagram. 
Um, it had like a few hundred follows, but it, I think it was from following other, it followed a lot of people itself. So obviously it didn't like a follow for follow kind of thing, but it was a totally anonymous account by a complete coward. Um, and I think, you know, the social media platforms need to do more to, more to tackle it. Yeah, they've got to put the details in. I think they've got. There's got to be some kind of um, consistent. I think um, data entry that 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 you can see these people. I don't, I don't necessarily think you need to have uh, full faces on show for everybody else, but there needs to be some kind of system where you've yeah. got address, name, phone number, every single detail that you can for these people. If they want to come onto social media, then that's fine. And people can criticise. People can criticise as much as they want. But when it gets to that kind of a level, it's absolutely totally unacceptable. And it has to be covered not only but as a chargeable offence from the police but, but yep. also you know a strong no no one or two or three um you know counts and you're out or whatever it's an immediate ban for me from any kind of um football related activity or, or visitation rights throughout the country with one and you're done and uh and and you know you're, you're in the police and you you you're absolutely in hot water from the start it's more has to be done but you've got to unite it you can't you know instagram facebook twitter all of these social media platforms and, and lots more that are out there have to come up with one common denominator because it's got to stop and it's got to stop yeah now. yeah you, you're, you're right what you say about the pictures you, you don't have to necessarily put all your details out in the public but the when you set the accounts up, it should be, mm -hmm. you know, you should be held accountable for what you put on there. Um, yeah. You should be able to be, you know, they should know who you are, be contacted and be held accountable for putting that kind of stuff on there. And then when it gets to the courts, for example, it, you know, the Ian Wright stuff from mm -hmm. last mm -hmm. year, the, the Irish lad who sent him some, yeah. of the, some of the worst stuff I've read. It was yeah. awful. And he got away without a criminal charge. It's astonishing. It's absolutely, absolutely incredible. Astonishing. I mean, how on earth has anyone looked at that? And I don't care how old he is. It mm -hmm. doesn't matter. He's got to be, doesn't you know, you, you've got to be taught right from wrong in that sense. Um, so, yeah, I, I, you're bang on. Hopefully the, the hot water comes, this person gets found, they get, you know, they, I, I don't, I'm not going to say get what's coming to them because that sounds like a violent thing. But you know what I mean? They get, you know, they get reprimanded for what happened. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and we keep bringing light to this this kind of thing and then to the point where it doesn't happen anymore and then we don't have to talk about it. That, that's ideal, I think. Definitely. Definitely. Well said, Liam. Um, right. Uh, Warsaw Bradford. Uh, tomorrow, it's... Um, I mean, like I said, Bradford in decent form for, forward from the previous five games. However, a decent win for Warsaw and they kind of go, go above Bradford in the table, I think, on goal difference. Uh, so let's have a look at... Yeah, Warsaw minus three, Bradford one. Yeah, so like a 2-3-0 a win and... Uh, and also leapfrog Bradford, but Bradford have, of course, got their own uh, playoff ambitions themselves. It's not going to be easy, but hopefully, Liam, they can get a positive result. Yeah, it's going to be a, it's going to be a really tough game. I mean, I'll, I'll start very quickly on um, just some sort of injury news. I, I did mm -hmm. put a few bits on Twitter. I think some people might have missed it because I've had a few tweets about it since. But um, so talking about Tyreek, he is um, he's going to be pretty much available now from tomorrow onwards. He's had a a, a bit of a sort of small knock the last couple of weeks. He he was touch and go for the last couple of games, um, but he's essentially he's sort of available. And but with him being a nineteen year old lad, he might not necessarily get you know picked straight away because sure, they sure. they they have a bit of uh, you know interchanging with these lads. Mm -hmm. uh, another one being Nolan, who wasn't on the bench the other night. He is fit and available, just wasn't selected for anyone who's asking. Uh, Callum Cockrell Mullet is you know struggling fitness wise in the sense that he hasn't played many games this season. He's trying to you know trying to build that up. Um, he wasn't involved the other night, but he, you know, is available. 
Uh, and then for people asking about James Clark and Rory Holden, they are not going to be immediately available, but they're you know getting closer with each each day and each week, and they're you know a, a few weeks away, hopefully. Um, so that yeah, that's the injury news. Um, the, the the good news is, aside from essentially uh, to summarise that, in, in aside from Holden and Clark, there isn't really anyone injured at the moment, uh, unless anything, God forbid, happens in training today. So. Um, in terms of the game, yeah, Bradford are in, in incredibly good form. They've won the last three in a row. Um, they're on a, they're on a very good, you know, unbeaten run in the, in um, in, the, in their stretch of fixtures as well. Um, and they they propelled themselves from a, a team that was underachieving a lot uh, earlier in the season. Uh, obviously, sat their manager Stuart McCall and got the, the two interim joint managers in, who have now become permanent joint managers. Um, and they flown they flown up the league really. They were they were looking over their shoulders at one point. It looked like they were going to be you know battling relegation, uh, which is when you look at their squad, uh, surprising. And um, and and they jumped up to eleventh, and they they've got their eyes on the top seven now, without a doubt. Um, they're coming to the banks in 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 great form, um, scoring goals, and it, it pains me to say it, Warsaw fans, that Andy Cook is playing for them nowadays. Mm-hmm. Uh, he loves a goal against Warsaw. Obviously, being a former Warsaw man, uh, got quite a bit of stick during his time at the club. Um, so likes <laughs> likes giving it back. Um, and yeah, he he's only scored he scored twice for them against Cambridge in a win that Bradford got. I mean, because Bradford beat some good teams as well in this run they're on as well. Um, he, he didn't score the other night, but he's uh, you know he, he'll be well up for this one. So. It's going to be a difficult one. They 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 tend to play a uh, a four two three one, so it'll be interesting in in how Warsaw set up in the sense that they've sort of persisted really with a five, um, and then no uh, sorry Norman occasionally coming into midfield uh, and changing to a four. I could see perhaps they they may go with the four, um, you know, to overload in midfield because with them with Bradford having an extra midfielder in the number ten. Um, but yeah, it's going to be a it's going to be a, a tough game for sure. And Warsaw, how do you think they'll line up? Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm very torn to be honest because I keep um, I keep sort of predicting the the five um, because Brian seems to be sticking to some extent with that, although changing within games. Um, but I could potentially see a a, a match four two three one. Um, if you know what, let me go through my eleven. If I was to do it in that formation. I I would say you're probably looking at Roberts, Norman, Scar, Sadler, Melbourne, Vincent Bates, Gordon. Uh, oh, no, uh, I'd go uh, Wright or Nolan, Gordon in behind, Wes on the left, and then Keenan Lavery up top, or then change to 4-4-2. But if I'm honest, I, 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 that's potentially what I could see if they were going to, if they were going to, you know, match the four two three one. I could see them trying to overload the flanks again and sticking with the five and going with the wing backs. Uh, I think Hayden White is actually, although I don't think he's been particularly amazing this season. I think he's actually been a lot better the last few weeks. So I could see him keeping his place in the three centre half. I think the three centre half suits him a bit better as well, uh, rather than a sort of a wing back. So um, it's potentially they'll go with the five and overload on the on the on the right, but then they may get overloaded themselves in midfield. So it's going to be a yeah, it's going to be what 
Brad, what they see in Bradford as a as a possibility to hurt them. Uh, and if they only play one striker, you know, could they afford to to go four rather than five at the back? Potentially, otherwise they're wasting a sort of defender. You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, going to be a tough game nonetheless. I'm sure. Uh, but imagine if you know if they come away with a win in this one, it could be you know propel everything. You've got to always look on the bright side, as I always do. Absolutely, mate. Of course you do. Uh, so. Uh, saying that, let's have a let's have a cheeky prediction then, please. Walsall against Bradford. Oh, you know I don't like to predict a draw because there's been so many draws this season. But I'm going to go with a two-two draw. A two-two draw. Yes, it's going to be goals. I think. Really, really, that's very interesting. Um, maybe, maybe it's more in hope than in uh, <laughs> you know. I was going to been... say. I mean, both <laughs> both sides kind of average out. At a, Pretty much just just about a goal a game. Well, yeah. Uh, I, I'm I'm gonna say one nil Warsaw. I'm oh, gonna say one nil Warsaw. I'll go, go for a uh, first half strike. Um, Josh Gordon penalty, and uh, and they hold on. Couple of nervy moments towards the end, but a really good solid one nil victory. A clean sheet. Okay. We'll take we'll take that, mate. Any day of the week. Mate, it's been a pleasure. Get yourself uh, out of here. Get yourself writing for tomorrow. Um, and um, I, if I don't see you before, I'll see you at Grimsby. But I'm sure I'll see you before that <laughs> yes, anyway. Yes, will. Great stuff, mate. Uh, from Lee, from myself. Fingers crossed three points tomorrow. Have a great weekend, everybody. Take care. Bye. Thank you very much. Goodbye.